the content found on thebestdayever.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Greetings, everybody. This is David Avocado Wolf, and I am joined today by Michael Bernard Beckwith. He's the founder of the Agape International Spiritual Center, which is located in Los Angeles. It's an amazing place. I was first turned on to it about a dozen years ago by a mutual friend, Mitchell May. The membership today counts into the tens of thousands locally, and it's a worldwide community of people who are associated with Agape. And Michael has kind of spearheaded many of these programs that go into schools and libraries and orphanages and hospitals, clinics, all kinds of different things for unwed mothers, microloans for people who are financially in trouble. It reaches out to at least eight African countries. Um, it, it reaches out to Asia, Afghanistan, Bosnia, Colombia, Ecuador, India, Iraq, Kosovo, Sri Lanka. And, and all of this is due to the work of Michael and his wonderful wife, Ricky. They've put together an incredible movement out of Los Angeles, Agape, and some incredible seminars and programs. And he is going to be joining us at the Longevity Now Conference coming up May 18th through 20th. That's May 18th through 20, 2012, right at the Orange County Hilton, just south of Los Angeles, near John Wayne Airport, actually. And we're going to be diving really deep into the mind and body connection. So with no further ado, I want to bring to the fore... Mr. Secret himself, uh, Michael <laughs> Bernard Beckwith. <laughs> How you doing? David, I'm doing good. I'm feeling good and uh, just riding on the waves of life, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a good day. It's awesome. It's the best day ever. Absolutely. And, yeah, that's exactly how we approach it. Every day is the best day. And, you know, every time I see you, we definitely are always in the best moments ever and I think I've seen you last couple times was at Cafe Gratitude in LA and right you're you're bringing the good vibes and it's just always fun to see you and and that's really you know I think you underline your whole message is just that positive attitude that that feeling of the energy of what's going on and staying in that state of awe so tell us like from your research on health how our thoughts and feelings and emotion impact our health What's the relationship well, it, there from your perspective? Well, it, 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 it impacts us in a very big way. I mean, a thought is a unit of mental energy that now, of course, can be measured. At the time in which we're living now, we, have to, we actually have instruments that can measure your thought ways and your thought patterns. And this, these units of mental energy transmute themselves ultimately into uh, perception, experience, uh, and symptoms of the body temple or transmute themselves into elevated vibration where the condition for health can reveal itself at a much higher level. So our chronic thinking and our chronic perception about life definitely impacts every system of the body temple, whether it's, you know, the uh, the blood flow, the blood pressure, creativity, the blood flow in the brain, uh, the immune system. Uh, Every system is affected by what we're constantly telling ourselves and what we constantly believe 
the body's listening in on all of that and, and, and ultimately it takes its cue from the pattern of our thinking and our belief systems. That's, that's a really amazing summation of basically what we've learned over the last 100, 150 years is just the power of prayer, positive thoughts, good feelings, high-level emotions. On, on not only, and I, I really want to get your opinion on this, not only on the, on the quality of life moment to moment, but in my feeling, like if you add those things together year after year after year, really that's what longevity is about, isn't it? Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, when, when it's not just like a one-shot thing where you get up and you do uh, a, a, a 911 call to the, to the universal energy and the source. We're talking about a way of life where we're, we're, we're holding ourselves accountable to our perceptions, our thoughts, our attitudes, everything. And then day after day is not a repeat of the day before. You're actually opening up with awe and wonder to more that's trying to express through you. Because as beings that are, that are infinite in scope, we're always just beginning. We're always just starting. So when we speak about longevity, we're speaking about not just living a long life, but living the same boring life every single day. We're talking about the emergence of creativity, the emergence of beauty, the emergence of, of more and more of this infinite presence. So that every day is a little bit different, a little bit better than the day before. That's creativity, you see. And so when I speak about longevity, or I'm not, I'm not, we're not speaking about just staying in the body a long time. We're talking about having the body be an instrument so that we can fulfill our dynamic destiny, which is everyone has a beautiful destiny locked up within them. That's fantastic. And um, I want to really, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, Goal setting. I mean, you've done so much in your life. You have such an incredible following with Agape, and what an amazing organization. I mean, every story I've ever heard about Agape has been the best news ever. But what's your feeling about goal setting and kind of charting how you're going to feel every day? Because, like, for example, you know, having the best day ever isn't just something I say personally. It's something I have written down. It's a goal, right? Right. Right. Touch on that a little bit with us, because that's, I think, a really, I think that's got to be really underlying a lot of what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. I often tell people that the average individual is suffering from an intention and deficit disorder. They have no intention. <laughs> and, so, and so what happens is the, the lower frequencies of the world grab their attention, and they're dealing with emergencies all the time. They're dealing with drama. They're dealing with whatever the contagion of the emotion of the day is in our world. But they have no intention, they have no goals, they have no wider horizon to go for. So they're just being pulled around by the world of effects and the world of circumstances. So when you establish an intention and when you establish a goal to have a magnificent day, to be creative, to access the love vibration within you, to access the creativity, to access your gifts, you're, you're, you're setting, you're moving yourself in a particular direction by which the universal laws now have something to work with. They now match that vibration and produce opportunities and openings heretofore would not be there because you didn't have an, an intention. And the other thing about a goal is that whether you accomplish the goal or not is secondary to the fact of what you become in going for the goal. So when you, what, what happens is when you establish a, a goal for yourself, you may have to have some course corrections all, along the way. You may mature and realize that what you thought you wanted, you really didn't want. It was just something that 
you had inherited from your parents or society or something, but pursuing it anyway, you develop talents and skills and guilds and perseverance and endurance, and you learn a lot of things, and then the goals may shift, but who you are gets to be revealed at a greater and greater depth. Let's talk about your life visioning process. That's a whole project that you've put together. I'm sure goal setting is part of it, but give us like a little rundown about the life visioning process that you've been putting together. Absolutely. We have the, the book was just released a couple of months ago, the life, life visioning process, life visioning. And uh, there's also a set of, um, of CDs and workbooks to go, to go along with it. And the life visioning process can best be summed up as a, a transformational spiritual technology that allows us to access what's trying to emerge in us right now rather than uh, uh, just saying this is what I want and then visualizing and making it happen. That's a powerful stage in our growth. But the stage behind, after that is once you understand that there are universal laws that, that, that uh, correspond to your thinking and your perceptions and things of that particular nature, the next level is an awareness that there's something already within you that's trying to get out, just as an oak tree is within the acorn already. It's, it's trying to emerge, and when it's in its right condition, an oak tree will emerge at its proper time. Same thing within us. There, this, there, there's something within us that's magnificent, that's unique, that gets to reflect and to reveal the cosmos in a way that has never, ever happened before. And it doesn't come from our society. It doesn't come from television. It doesn't come from our parents. There's something already planted there. And so the life visioning process puts us in a position to ask the right questions, to go into a, a meditative state, and to begin to receive what's trying to emerge. And then we yield to it. We develop uh, the skills uh, to um, manifest it, to, to bring it forward. So it's a really wonderful way of, of, of participating in our own evolution and our own transformation. You talk about in your life visioning process, you talk about affirmative prayer. What do you right. mean by affirmative prayer? Let's define that. Well, people pray based on their concept of what they think the universal presence is or God, whatever name we choose to call this love, intelligence that governs everything. And when an individual has a tendency to think that the, this presence is way outside of them, then they have a tendency to beg or petition uh, this presence. Uh, but when one begins to realize that the presence is within us and that our life is a dimension of its activity and that it's already planted within us such good, we don't beg God to give us anything. We affirm that that which has already been given now becomes active within us. So, so, so we're actually participating in our own receptivity, availability, and ultimate manifestation of that which is already within us. So the way I, I'll sometimes tongue-in-cheek say, you know, stop begging God uh, for something. Stop praying to God for something. Uh, uh, God's within you praying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. Oh, that's a that's a little bit of a different twist on it, and the, you know this gift that we all have, to me, is really connected to health, right? That expression of that God force within and, and allowing it to come out seems to be associated with health. Like what I've seen is when people block that, they tend to get into addictions, 
Like if they're purposely oh, yes. blocking? Do you, uh, you know what I'm driving out there? Yeah, gen- generally, even if they're unconscious about it, uh, yep. they go for a temporary high uh, and uh, and become addicted and to something. And yep. distractions, addictions, and uh, create, a, create their own inner liquid or drug-induced cosmology rather than understanding that your body has every chemical necessary for allowing you to feel the bliss and the ecstasy and euphoria of being alive if you will but feed it right, exercise it, drink right, think right, and walk in the direction of your unfolding good, you'll, ha- you'll activate bliss rather than addiction. Let's talk about one aspect of emotion and its impact on health, and that, that's the power of forgiveness. You know, obviously, oh, yeah. the work that you do, you're dealing with a lot of spiritual issues that folks have. Forgiveness seems to be a great release point. How does forgiveness affect our health? Forgiveness affects uh, the physical health, mental health, emotional health, because, you know, thoughts are either toxic or tonic. And if you have rancor, resentment, animosity, hate, unforgiveness, those are toxic thoughts. And though an individual may incorrectly be thinking that that hate or animosity is that they're projecting onto another person, uh, is hurting the other person. It is not. It's actually hurting the individual that's holding on to those, to those, to those thoughts. And those thoughts begin to create a cesspool in the body temple of stagnation and in the condition for disease that can emerge. And so forgiveness, giving forth, the, the, the letting go, the transmuting of those, those thoughts allow for the flow to come back again. And so that the condition for health and healing and energetic flow to begin to take place. So forgiveness ultimately must be a way of living. It's not just a one-shot deal. I, I, I invite individuals that when they go to bed at night, before they go to bed, to just scan their day and notice if they've had any bad words or thoughts with somebody that didn't get cleared up. And uh, instead of going to bed with that, just kind of go over it, forgive it, forgive yourself for if, if you were out of line, forgive the other individual if they seem that they didn't understand your, your side of the deal. And so the toxicity doesn't build up. It's almost like a life review every day instead of waiting to the end of your life and doing a life review after you die. Nice. Do it every day so you stay free. I mean, you're, you're obviously a real incredible product of the positive thinking momentum that's been brought to us from people like Norman Vincent Peale and Napoleon Hill and Earl Nightingale and all that. And then, you brought it into, a, I think, a kind of a bigger body of work, which is, you know, more of the spiritual dimensions, which is kind of what that has always been about anyway. But you talk about it more freely, you know, the spiritual impact of, of positive thinking and, and just overall spirituality and spiritual health and, the, you know, the awe that you have for life. Can you give us like a rundown of what a healthy day really looks like from that perspective, like not only the, the emotion and the attitude and the awe and the spiritual mystery, but also the food-wise for you? What, what does a healthy day look like? Well, my day basically begins, you know, my wife and I, we wake up and we put our feet on the, on the ground. There's always some type of a vibration of gratitude, some kind of thanksgiving that begins to emerge, even if it's thank you life. You know, so we try to enter into that space of gratitude. I have a yoga mat right next to my bed. So I'll roll out and do just some basic exercises just to stretch out the body temple. But before I do that, I'll probably I have some water on my, my side of my bed, too. So I'll, I'll, I'll drink my uh, – I'll hydrate, you know. I'll take uh, certain supplements that I, that I take in the morning and uh, do a little yoga. Then I go to the gym, and I work out for a minimum of an hour. 
in the gym. And then I will, I will come back and make my green smoothie, take the rest of my, my vitamins and things of that particular nature. And then I'll have a, a sitting, like a formal meditation sitting, where I actually do, do my meditation before I leave the house. And in that meditation, it may be a combination of being still combined with some Qigong moves that I do. So all of this happens like real early in the morning before I even get out of the house. You know, so, so I'm at the gym by seven and then I do the other stuff when I come back home and then I'm into my day. You know, I go, I go to the office sometime around, you know, have my meetings. Every meeting begins with some form of meditation or prayer. I have my, you know, my, my meal that's brought in. Generally, you know, I have a, a few raw cooks that cook for me or I'm not, I'm close to Planet Raw. You know, I have some kind of meal that, that's there uh, for my, for my lunch. And then I'll, I'll go all the way to five o'clock doing whatever the community is calling me to do in terms of my meetings, projects, and programs that I'm developing. And uh, along the way, you know, there are smoothies and shakes around. <laughs> I got a Vitamix in my office, you know. So you can, I don't know if anybody can live without a Vitamix. I know I can't. <laughs> and um, so all along the way, with every meeting, there's, there's prayer, there's meditation, there's, there's this, a constant tapping into the force that is birthing the beloved community of which agape is an instrument of, as well as what you're doing, as well as other individuals who are capturing a vision of health and vitality. Some point of the day, I'll put my feet up on the wall, straight up, you know, in that immortality pose, that yoga pose, and I'll hang out there for about 10 minutes and uh, meditate again. And you know, now that I'm talking to you about this, it seems like it's a lot of stuff, but in the course of the day, it's not a lot of stuff. It's just normal kind of flow of what I'm doing, you know. Right. It's just, yeah, it's in the flow. And, well, you've built up these health disciplines over your life. And that's interesting, this thing of throwing your legs up. So that's like basically an inversion, right? Right, right. I do the inversion, absolutely, at least yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And it, all of that put together, I mean, what's the effect? It's just you just feel good, right? I mean, that's not what it's all about. Oh, my God. Good. And, yeah, the body feels good. The mind is clear. The emotional body doesn't get stagnant. There's just, you know, I have boundless energy. I look at people that are much younger than me in my community that can't keep up with me, you know, you know, because I, I, I can go from, from morning to late at night just continuing to, to work on the projects. I don't even call it work. It's not work. You know, it's just like something I'm really interested in. And then I, and I know my signal when it's time to rest. You know, I, I, I have an inner signal and I know that I've really gone a lot and it's time to stop and I'll stop, you know, I'll stop. I'll say I have to stop now, go to my office, take a power nap or meditate or go home or, you know, deal with my schedule in the way that, that the rest mode is also there because I think rest is power as well, you see. So hey. it's just after a while, you will... You know, people get in tune with their bodies. They're not, so many people are out of tune with their bodies. They never even, you know, they don't, they don't know the signals of their body. They don't know whether they're thirsty. They don't know whether they're hungry. They don't know whether they're tired. They, and so that again can lead to addiction as well because they don't know the signals. And so they end up, uh, taking things and doing things that are detrimental when all they might need is a good night's sleep <laughs> or a glass of water. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> This is bringing up something for me that I've just been wanting to ask you, you know, because you're in touch with – this is an issue that's, that's kind of, you know, it's bubbling through our whole civilization. And, 
you're in touch with thousands of people at Agape, you know, in some way, shape, or form, or at least those energies kind of percolate up through to you. And yeah, how do, what do you think's happening here in 2012? How are you feeling about 2012? So 2012, uh, to me, represents an, an opening in which everything is at a higher frequency, and there's there's more and more individuals that are participating at higher frequencies through prayer and meditation and right thinking and right eating and, and, and taking care of themselves that it's creating a phase shift where more and more people will begin to consciously participate in, 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 in the evolution of their soul and the unfoldment of a kind of just global society. And the old way of doing things are being seen through faster. Things are becoming more decadent, fast in a lot of areas of life. Uh, so you have, uh, at, at the same, in the, you know, in, in, in Newtonian physics, they talk about the fact that two things cannot occupy the same space, but we know in quantum reality, things can occupy the same space, but they're on different dimensions, different vibrations. So we're looking at 2012, where you have the best and the worst happening at the same time. You have the decadent, the decadent old, um, greedy way of being in the world where people are, you know, uh, creating all kinds of financial debacles for others, stealing, uh, orchestrating economic downward cycles, uh, uh, spraying chemtrails. You have like the worst of the worst, while at the same time you have the best emerging people who are very involved in organic growing, very organic, organic farming, uh, new kinds of medicine, new kinds of energy medicine, new kinds of free energy. You have best and worst occupying the same space at different dimensions. And so I think 2012 represents a moment in which there's a shift where there's m- enough people that's really about the unfoldment of good than their, and, and that energy is more powerful than the, the downward spiraling energy of negativity. And what's beautiful about this is that it doesn't take, it's not, it doesn't mean the majority of people, because you're never going to have the majority of people, but because all thoughts aren't created equal, because a thought vibrating at a higher amplitude is way more powerful than a thought vibrating at a lower amplitude. You just need a few people operating at a higher level that can change the course of history. So I think 2012 represents the number of people coming together in different communities that are singing the same song and having the same vision that represents a great shift for us all. Not without struggle, not without pain, but a great shift. That's a thank you for that. You articulated that so well. That was amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Um, Okay, so having let that question go, and that was kind of fun, and I love love your response on that. Let's jump back to your life visioning process for a moment again, because you're so associated with the secret, right? You know, because you're in the film, you're a huge star in that film. But how is life visioning different from just visualizing and the law of attraction? Right, what you're putting forward is deeper. Yeah, that's a very that's a that's a great question. Uh, visualizing is the entry level training wheels of the of the metaphysical music, going beyond the physical and being able to participate uh, with your thinking, monitoring your thinking, uh, using your creative imagination to to see a better life for yourself. That, that's the beginning stages of of metaphysics and. It's a beautiful stage, it's an empowering stage, and it's a necessary stage. However, many people just get stuck at that stage, and they end up 
uh, using their acquisitive appetite to use these laws to just get more and more and more and more. And then use, and then what happens is uh, that using that law can become addictive as well because you end up wanting more and more and more, and you end up getting more of what that which that doesn't really what doesn't really satisfy you. Now, I call that stage two living. There's there's stage one in my book. I talk about stage one being a victim. Many people live at the level of being a victim. Stage two is the level of being a manifester. That's where you learn all about visualization and the laws and a lot of the things you were mentioning earlier, uh, Earl Nightingale and Napoleon Hill. They're, they're at depth at stage two teaching. Stage three is uh, uh, known as through us. Something is operating through us. We're a channel. We're a vehicle. And here is where visioning comes in. Here is where instead of trying to imprint the universal mind with what you want, here you're making yourself available to what's trying to emerge. Going back again to the oak tree and the acorn, you know, this, this something within all of us is trying to emerge. And once we understand that there are laws of the universe and things don't just happen, there's reasons for them happening, now we can surrender and allow. Stage three, there's words like surrender, allow, Letting, yielding, receptivity, availability, these, these words. In stage two, it's if your mind can see it, you can achieve it, you see. That's stage two. And it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. I'm, I can make it happen with my mind power. Stage three, uh, eyes haven't seen nor ears heard. It's, it's beyond your imagination. It's, it's, it's an insight that you catch that then takes over your life. So I don't put down stage two because it's the necessary stage. You don't try to, you can't transcend anything you haven't mastered. So there's some people that would come and at the stage of their development, I say you really need to learn how to, you know, how to manifest. You need to learn how, how to how to uh, watch your thinking. You really need to learn how to imagine a better life for yourself. Someone else, it may be time for stage three. I was with a gentleman recently who's made millions and millions of dollars in the record industry, and his life is. Um, he feels totally uh, uh, null and void. He's, he's ready to tap into a larger vision for his life, not just being clever and using his mind to make money. And he's now a, a stepping into learning how to open up to see what's trying to happen in his life, you see. So he's mastered stage two. Now it's time for him to yield to stage three. Okay. That's awesome. So I've got one more question for you. And, this is strictly on superfoods, and you and I both travel around like crazy, and, you know, whenever I run into you, you're heading somewhere, I'm going somewhere. It's like, you know, this paths crossing in the night. Um, what's your favorite superfood that keeps oh, you Lord. going? Like, what's your favorite <laughs> kind of, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I have a favorite. I take them all. <laughs> you take them all, yeah. I figured that's what I thought. I, I thought you would have that story. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I take the macas. I take the, you know, the... um cordyceps, I, you know, I take the, the, the green drinks, you know, I take the TA-65, I take the super pill, you know, from the, the one you turned me on to, you know, uh, see, I, I can look at my refrigerator and tell you stuff, you know, but I, I <laughs> you know, because it's, it's, so, it's so boilerplate, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'll take this at this time of the day, i take this time of the day, but because the, the, the ground is so depleted in so many places and we don't, we, I think we need superfoods. Particularly if you're living a visionary life and you're making, trying to make a difference on the planet, you need the superfoods to really augment the kind of energy we put out 
and just making sure that we, we have something that the body can work with to keep building what is necessary for us to keep doing our work. What's your favorite, by the way? I do I do eat avocado every day. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's it's like, it depends on where I'm at. I mean, you know, I just got back from Peru. So we were, you know, we were on maca every day. Unbelievable superfood. Did you eat, what were we doing, maca and cacao? It was, it was maca, cacao, spirulina. Down there, they have coca, you know, so you, that's, you can buy coca right. at any health food store. So we're doing right. coca, maca, cacao. Um, ink and spirulina, and then it would be pineapple, papaya, orange, mango would be the right. Best. I, I can't. I, I I'm missing it. I have to say, I'm missing it. I'm like, oh my god. I you know. Really? I have to go. Yeah. yeah. I got every, so everything you just mentioned. I got it in my refrigerator right now. And that was <laughs> the, the shake I made today. I used. Um, I you know, I kind of blend my own almond milk, and sometimes I'll do almond, p- pumpkin, and um, Brazil nut milk. Make yeah. no milk. That I throw the avocado in there, organic uh, blueberries, organic pineapple. You know, my avocado, of course. And then I throw in my uh, raw um, different kind of protein powders that I love. And along with, sometimes I use Pure Synergy Mitchell Mays green drink. I use that. Yeah. And um, and then I, today I had cacao in there as well. What else did I put in there? And I put the cacao in there. And sometimes goji berries. I like I love goji berries. And uh, cool. that was that was, that, and I make a, I make a shake every single day, you know that I, you know everybody waits around the house for me to do my thing, because Ricky drinks the shake every morning, Ricky's mother drinks the shake every morning, and then we drink one between every service at Agape, so we'll do the because we do three services, you know, starting at wow. six twenty six twenty five the meditation starts, so we're doing a service at seven, then we come back at nine, we come back at eleven, so between every service. I've made enough shake for the day. So Ricky and I are refueling in between the services. That's amazing. The superfood shake. I mean, I'm so elated how much you're into this. It's like, it, it's just awesome. And, you know, that's really how we first met each other, was just running into each other at health food stores. Yeah, yeah. We ran into, We actually ran at a conference somewhere, and uh, somebody said, you should meet Avocado. I said, meet Avocado. <laughs> and you came buzzing by. <laughs> so, and you had something going on and whatever it was whatever you had going on, I was interested in it. I said, Yeah. Send me some of that. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, re- I remember those old days. I'm so excited and- to hang out with you and Ricky at the event. I mean we got for those of you who are listening, um, Michael Beckwith is gonna be speaking with us at our Longevity Now conference. It's the longevitynowconference.com, all four of those words together. And it's coming up quick, May 18th through 20th, and you're going to get to just meet this guy. This guy is just incredible, as you as you probably figured out by now. And the energy coming off of him is just awesome. And one thing that I really remember about you, Michael, is one time we were, I think we were at Cafe Gratitude, and and you came over to our table, and you're like, this is where the vibes are. I want to sit over here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you're like, this oh, yeah, it was, it was high. Yeah, it was. You guys are like, high. I want to be a part of this. So you just kind of tuned in on the energy of it, and I, never before, ever, anywhere has anybody ever done that. So you have that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what happens to me is the boundaries break down, and 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 everybody's my family. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I feel uh, that same yeah. vibe a, a lot of times, yeah. especially in you know, that that like-minded group, like in a cafe gratitude. It's just uh, people come up to me, they're like, "Can I talk to you?" I'm like, "Of course." I mean, I love talking right. with people and. It's like family. Right, right. Just big and you family. You have and, that. I, I get that about you. You're very personable and really cool to hang out with. And 
it's a really nice trait and just, you know, very speaks very highly of who you are as a being and, and what you represent. I appreciate that. And life is good. And I appreciate all the work you're doing on the planet, uh, elevating people's consciousness and, and all the things I see. I mean, we were in uh, Discover the Gift together, the movie and uh, some other things that you've done. And every time I see you on the screen teaching, I mean, you're bringing the whole package and it's a beautiful thing. And you're bringing a whole group of people. You, you know, you're one of the people making it cool to be healthy, you know, to cool, to be into good food. And it's, and that's what we need to do. We have to snatch these people's minds and it's not medicinal necessarily, or, or you should do this. You're making it cool to be into what's right. You know? Yeah, it is. It, to me, gardening is the coolest thing going, you know, farming yeah. is like the coolest thing there is. And so, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you're picking up on that because that is definitely something that, that crosses my consciousness quite regularly. And that's an energy that I want to pass along to folks. And, you know, I just in my garden the other day, I planted 47 bushes from dusk till dawn. It was an intense, full-on day. Really? All between, yeah. Like, re, like you know, over all these years of, of doing the planting and really gardening and farming, yeah, I got pretty efficient. I'm like, I'm like pretty happy. I'm like, well, I did 47 bushes in one day. 47? What kind of bushes? It was sea buckthorn and Saskatoonberry. I'm up here in central Ontario, Canada, so, you know, we have more of the cold weather climate stuff, and I collect all the exotics in that right. grow in a particular climate. And I'm telling you, like, Saskatoon berries, that's like purple as a flavor. Mm. It's just mm. it's, it's amazing. Mm. And, and sea buckthorn went up with the first cosmonauts. I mean, that was one of the first great superfoods in the world. It's wow. really something else. Well, now, where can I go get some of that? <laughs> it's not really made its way down into like you know like Air One yet you, or any of the health food stores in LA. Are you, you going to have any? Are you going to have any at your conference? You going to have some at the conference? Well, no, because it's not the season. If it was the other oh, okay. side of the season, yeah, definitely I would. Yeah, you never know. I mean, you never know because I have a friend who bottles the juice up, but it is pasteurized. But I might be able to get a bottle down there. I'll, I'll contact him. He's he's a cool cat. Lives in Calgary, and that's where I get my sea buckthorn trees from or bushes from. So we'll see. Andy, I got a, I got a little garden in my backyard. You know, I got the avocado trees. Like, you ever heard of Sudanam berry? Sudanam berry? I don't think so. No. It is. It is great. It's anti it's antioxidant is off the chart, when, and and it's purple too. And uh, oh, fantastic. So we, okay, I don't I don't know that we one. Can, We've grown that, and we have a lot of stuff in our backyard, too, because we just ripped up all the stuff that was back there and just put down really good soil. And so, we, you know, we have the, the greens for our shakes and, and uh, the vegetables as well as fruits. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's part of the whole picture. And thanks so much for taking the time to join us, Michael. You're, you're awesome, and I know you're busy. And uh, for everybody listening, this is Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith of Agape who's going to be our featured keynote speaker um, at the Longevity Now conference. He's going to speak on Friday, May 18th, but the event goes from the 18th, 19th, and 20th, 2012, May 18th through 20th, 2012. And then on the 21st, if you want to stay on, we're going to do a course about um, survival and survival foods and, and stuff that's going to appeal to a fraction of our audience, but we're, going to, we're probably going to have a couple hundred just for that. So if you're interested, stay on a little bit extra. All the details are at thelongevitynowconference.com, all four of those words together, thelongevitynowconference.com. I'm David Avocado-Wolf, and I'm signing off with Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, and we are wishing you the best day ever. Yes. All right. <laughs> Woo!